Nickelodeon steps to Sesame Street, Tony Hawk gets a lot more famous in one of the worst movies ever made. This week on 30 Welcome, everyone, to 302010 of the Laser Time Network's look back 30, 20, and 10 years into the past. Get it? Uh, that's 1989, 1999, and 2009. This week, we will, be, we will be talking about August 30th through September 5th. We will make up for some mistakes. We will talk about some Nickelodeon jam. It's going to be great. Uh, we'll talk about, I think, one of the worst movies I've ever seen with, with people who have been, won Oscars now. Yeah. Yes, multiple Oscar winners. Uh, and and so very much more. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I notice and recognize miracles. Water, fire, air, and dirt. Fucking Magnus. How do they work? No. Diana Goodman. No. <laughs> it's me, Sarah. Oh, man. This is so exciting, yep. this episode. One of the greatest songs of all time. Oh, my God. We get God. to talk about it. I, I don't even that's the thing like I've watched the SNL one so much more than the other one I don't know which one is real anymore <laughs> anyway we'll, we'll let you know what we're talking about later in the episode I would guess 20 years later or you know like 40 minutes hang hang tight because we go through three decades very fast if you don't like what we're talking about stick around for a couple seconds odds are you will because the news uh, as of 1989 today and this is very weird for me because uh, this is when I discovered the channel Nickelodeon announces that Pinwheel is no more. What's that? Aww. <laughs> I love that you said that, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> do you remember Pinwheel, Diana? I do. I remember watching it all the time when I was itty-bitty thing. So it's it's odd to think about how cable started, but you, like think of MTV, right? MTV, like when it starts, like mm-hmm. there's no like Headbangers Ball or 120 Minutes or UMTV Raps. It's just like unstructured, here's the video we're introducing to you. Like just not, it's just a nonstop thing that plays on TV. Right. When Nickelodeon started, it started as a channel called Pinwheel Mm -hmm. that was like a group of Sesame Street characters, puppets living in a house that would sort of like throw to animation clips and it just ran all day. And it ran, that was all it was. They didn't have a single show that ran a half an hour. It was just Mm -hmm. one thing, Pinwheel, puppets that threw to animated clips or educational pieces and that became a show. And so like I, when I grew up watching Nickelodeon, like that was kind of like their big show before. Like I can barely remember back before you can't do that on television, mm-hmm. but like that was their thing. And, it, and it's so hard to remember because like the people who do, who had VCRs and are capable of using the internet, like it's been, it just hasn't been covered very well. It's really hard to find clips mm-hmm. of on YouTube, but it's all Nickelodeon was in the seventies. Oh wow. And, and cause I think dating back to 77 Nickelodeon only recently, not the highest rated cable channel every year in a row for 20 years. I think Disney huh. channel recently beat it. But like that—that that is how just it started. Put it on, and the kids will walk in and out of the room. It right. doesn't matter. They'll stop. They'll watch. They'll, so it's always on. Yeah, it's always on. You never know when it's a rerun because it's never. It's always supposed to look like look like it's not one. Uh, but Pinwheel became like a two-hour show. Like like it was like a four-hour show, then a two-hour show, the half-hour show, and now it is over. And it, oh. it's just one of those things that like I don't know if anybody really loved it. Was that thing a caterpillar? What was up that green dude? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, the memories are so very vague, but I'd never loved it enough to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not even the thing I was teasing in the intro. Anyway, moving into movies of 1989, 
what what are we looking at? August 30th through September 5th. Uncle Buck is still number one. That is some wow. resilience for a low budget yeah, for like just uh, a John family Candy comedy. comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some staying power. I got to think that's because Mac. That's why they got. That's why they got to make a Home Alone vehicle for him immediately. Mm. Can't just be John Candy. He's mm-hmm. a ton of bombs. Fucking delirious. Isn't sitting at the top of the box office for yeah. three four weeks straight. Mm mm. So these movies I have never heard of this decade. Oh, that rarely same. happens. Yeah. That- oh, they're yeah. It's weird. I mean, it's this is it. The summer is just sort of petered out. Now we're going to start getting some horror movies heading, you know, into late September, early October, and then we start getting the prestige movies and the family Christmas stuff. So September is always like the weird month where things are often just sort of dumped and. Mm. We got something of that going on in like all three decades where some of these are like, yeah, this is a movie you had like you the, the studio just had like no hopes for. Mm. So they're just like, ah, just whatever. We'll put it out. Maybe it'll do OK because no one else is competing against it. Maybe yeah. we'll no one will notice how much it sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of. That's definitely true of uh, Relentless, our <laughs> first movie, which has three direct-to-DVD sequels. Wow. I had no idea. Also, it's written by Phil Alden Robinson, who directed Field of Dreams, and it's directed by the guy who did Maniac and Maniac Cop. Whoa. Do all of them have Judd Nelson in it? No. um, No. And they don't have Robert Loggia either. Yeah. (laughs) Billy. Billy. I'm going to catch a killer. Uh, Your offer's not right. I'm not coming back for any of these sequels. Okay, but... Please enjoy how pre-internet the concept of this movie is. There's about 12 million people in L.A. One of them decides it's open season on people. He knows your name. One of them, Sam, against you and me. He has your address. Hit again last night. Twice. It's all right. He's got your number. What do I do now? Tell me, please. And you're about to be disconnected. Wow, so a guy who, a serial killer who uses the phone book? Yeah. Is there a navigator? Wow. His next victim? Exactly. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine using anything on my phone like, that just seems too random. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to kill Missy. Are you kidding? I barely look at my phone contact list. <laughs> well, now, I don't do, even know where to do find a thought experiment. Contact. Go through, close your eyes, and just scroll up as hard as you can where it stops. That's the person you kill. And now you're Judd Nelson. And you oh, get, no. You, you could get. But just like, look, the, the phone book would come out like once a year. So, like, I love the idea that maybe he's stalking this woman who's like named Jenny and he gets there and it's like, no, she moved out of that apartment six months ago mm-hmm. and now you got Pete. Who's here and he's kind of pissed off at you. Yes. And then but or maybe thank- it throws him off because it's like Jenny was the real target, but he's using an out of date phone book. But thankfully Leonardo DiCaprio lives next door and never mind. But nothing. Shirley Valentine. What the fuck is Shirley Valentine? Uh this was a one woman play starring oh, no. Pauline Collins. Uh, which she won a Tony for, and then it got adapted into a not one woman no. movie. Um, but it's it's about a bored housewife in the north of England um, who just finally gets fed up with everything and goes to Greece and has an affair. Oh, sounds great. Okay. Oh, it's no, it's super charming and cute. Okay. But yeah, I know Chris is going to be like, mm. like how Gertrude got her groove back or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I would. Yeah. All right. See, I was paying attention. That's right, Melandra. I'm going to Greece for the sex. 
sex for dinner, sex for tea, and sex for supper. Sounds like a marvellous diet, love. <laughs> I hardly recognise myself these days. I love it here. Don't I rock? I've got this little dream about sitting at a table by the edge of the sea. Ah, I move table to edge of sea. I make your dream come true. Okay, so I was poo-pooing this, but I didn't know how... Uh, this woman didn't. Who's the woman? Stella got to grow back. Uh, the beautiful Angela lady. Bassett. Yeah, she doesn't look like Angela Bassett. She looks like a forty-year-old mother of three. Yeah, and that yeah. makes it funnier. Yes. Yes. I'm going to go get laid. Goodbye now. It looks so yep. cute. Good luck, love. Yeah, it is. It is really cute. It's like it's it's sort of its own subgenre. It seems especially in Britain of like romance novels or movies about like. Boring, you know, just sort of average British people, whatever. And then they go to someplace hot and exotic like Spain or they go to Ibiza or whatever. And then they meet someone who actually appreciates them. And then they get mm. their groove back. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a, a, a holiday romance. Do you feel like those people are like sponsored by the tourism board? Yes. going to see yes. a bunch of old frumpy ladies out there. We need a couple <laughs> Probably, of you. You yeah. take point. You go out, there, you go out mm-hmm. to the Dirty Rotten Scoundrel set and um, just <laughs> come around and see what you can find. Um, <laughs> Okay, Shirley Valentine. Never heard of it. Yeah. No, it's very mm. cute. Mm. So, wow, quickly moving into television in 1989, August 30th through uh, the 4th of September. Uh, I should say this. We have made a ton of mistakes on 302010. So many. But this is a first yeah. where I think we were a year off. I'll blame myself. Oh. I will blame myself. Do the Mario's! So I'm not, I don't want to, <laughs> just listen to one year ago uh, last year. I, I think I put the Super Mario Brothers Super Show with Captain Lou Albano mm-hmm. as Mario. Uh, that mm-hmm. premieres and is one of the most embarrassing things Nintendo has ever been associated with. And but <laughs> yet saying a lot. It, it is, and but it's it's why they spent the next twenty years like skittish of offering their characters up for any reason for anything, mm-hmm. and like only now are like optioning them out to like. All right, you can have Donkey Kong pixelated for that Adam Sandler movie, and you can mention Mario and in a uh, Wreck It Ralph because that mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened like even six years ago. Oh, Nintendo wow. is still uh, well, stick up its ass from things like this and sure. some other mistakes. You're not helping Dennis Hopper as Bowser, but uh, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Super Show, a really old timey variety hour that threw to Mario cartoons, and then once a week. Ooh, that special Zelda cartoon. And I think we played a bunch of clips of it last time. We're going to avoid that this time. To talk about something that, like, I don't know. Like, I have, it's one of those things I have a vague memory of and, like, look up from time to time and I don't feel like it's cared about or archived that well. It's, I wish I had a better way to put it, but someone who researches pop culture, like, something that has fallen off the cliff of nostalgia to the extent of this show. Mm -hmm. Because I still, like, you know, I'm walking through my sister's room and I'm like, whoa, my castle music box. I just, Say that shit because of the intro to Eureka's Castle. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, my castle music box. See? Ring! Oh, ready? Here we go. go. <laughs> oh, wow. What? Where? Well, I know. Uh, guys. Ready, ready, ready. Gotta hear it, man. Ready. One, two, one, two, three. It's not, does this, Diana, does this mean anything to you when you hear this? Um, I remember it, but I was too old for this. I think I was too old. For Eureka's Castle, but isn't this sort of 
filling a little bit of that that pinwheel spot though. Yeah, totally. No, I think it's it's Nickelodeon saying like, no, we're gonna make a real Sesame Street. Yeah. Fuck off. Uh, this is our real. Se- and like it looked like Sesame Street. Uh, it looked like a. It looks like a mix. It's like Sesame Street and also um, the. Um, fraggles. Mm-hmm. It's like a cross mm-hmm. between the two. Absolutely. No, it, it's competent muppetry. Yeah, which doesn't happen a lot. There's a lot of substandard puppetry out there, and, and Eureka didn't have that. And I, I think I was too old, but to me, it was synonymous with being sick from school. Yep. Mm-hmm. That I would, <laughs> sure. I would see Eureka's Castle. And I think it was it only shot for two years, but it ran until 1996. Wow. In Nick, the Nick Junior slot. So. Mm-hmm. I think the people listening have an even more vivid memory of this shit. Uh, this is Cable Sesame Street. Uh, and, yep. and, and just, I had the Pizza Hut puppets. There was merchandise and clothing. And like, it's all gone. Like, everything I've ever loved has a fucking shirt at Hot Topic or Target. Mm-hmm. Never heard a peep about Eureka's Castle. It's so true. And it's it, that is extremely bizarre. Mm-hmm. I, hmm. I don't know what that is. Because I definitely saw some episodes of this but like you is only when i would be home for the day mm-hmm. and, and maybe... yeah I, did, I didn't get diagnosed when i was age appropriate for it i but i right. watched it a lot yeah mm-hmm. and it, i definitely remember more of like coming home from school and watching sesame street mm-hmm. after school mm-hmm. so maybe it has something to do with when it aired yeah the preschool the preschool hour of nick jr that nickelodeon has always been three channels in one yeah with odd mm-hmm. programming uh but but I think Magellan is one of the... I love dragon designs. And he looks like a cute thing of that thing Mega Man fights in the uh, first Wily level of Mega Man 2. Mm-hmm. Joke lost in all the ladies in the room. Uh, but, <laughs> but I, I love the bat with glasses. Badly, yeah. Very like, cute. Yeah, and it, it essentially like Sesame Street. It had animated interstitials. It would throw to uh, other packages. Or sometimes it'd just be a puppet show. And I remember... It didn't have humans, though. No. Right. No, I don't think so, unless they were in a video, yeah. a video package that they were throwing to. To be honest, I don't remember. And up until recently, I couldn't even find the intro on YouTube. Like, and I say recently, like 10 years ago. And like, mm-hmm. I, But I get it. If you have fond memories of this and you're in preschool, and that means you're probably not taping it or DVRing mm-hmm. in 1989. But uh, yeah, it made me want to think of a laser time topic like that, of like things that like, this was everywhere. I, th- th- these had characters you could take pictures with at Universal Studios. I don't think they shot there, but I honestly can't remember. They might have. Oh, it would and, be unsurprising. But you could, th- they had characters you could yeah. pose next to, and it's just gone. We don't ever allow anything to just go away. That's true. <laughs> but Eureka's Castle, poof. Uh, it's just over. Weird. Eureka being the, the least important part of her own castle, mm-hmm. by the way, because she is some witch, conch shell head, blonde lady. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's it's difficult. To, I don't even remember what the theme was other than it's just a bunch of magical creatures living in a castle. Hmm. Uh, Do you remember who the creator of the show is? Because he was in the birthday quiz last year. Uh, I, I, I know who wrote it. Yeah. Um, R.L. Stein, right? Exactly, head yeah. writer wow. and co-creator. Oh, he's a co-creator. Okay, or hmm. I think it's character developer. Okay, so I guess no, created by is is credited to somebody else. But sounds like yeah, R.L. Stein was super involved in shaping the show and writing like every episode. Hmm. Wow, and again, there's not as many episodes as I thought. But given the nature of what it was, and they could sl- swap in other interstitials, it could have run for a very long time. And preschools aren't that discerning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I want. 
I, I'm hoping to awaken something in people. Like, fucking Eureka's Castle. Yeah. It's a decent show. Like, no one ever talks about it. it, just, it give it, give it, it like a box lunch shirt. How about that? And on the fifth, how about this? On the fifth, the Joan Rivers show debuts. We must make yeah. the distinction. It's not the Joan Rivers late night show. Right. It right. is her own little Oprah corner, essentially. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And if someone did a diligent job, almost every episode of it is on YouTube. Really? Yes. Good and, to know. And there are a lot of them that are just like, that. this is the kind of format that would have been replaced by a podcast. Mm-hmm. This is, hi, it's me and Tony Danza. We'll be talking for the next 45 minutes. And <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's just, an, it just right. It's, it's totally rad. It's yeah. uh, something that could only exist in the daytime. I think something similar sort of happened, I guess not to Ellen. Um, I just, like Ellen, Ellen, now she's a straight up talk show, talk show right. mm-hmm. in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, but you, I, there was someone else who had that transition where they went from like late night talk show to, midday talk show and the, mm. it's a drastically different format mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Joan Rivers just resort like mostly lean towards let me interview my celebrity friends so if there's anybody you cared about in the 80s like they're on the show yeah I mean it aired mm-hmm. until 1993 yeah at four seasons yeah. so mm-hmm. that's what you should be thinking about mm-hmm. if you think about what celebrities do I want to see on this show yeah She's getting the big ones. Yeah, do you want to see Roseanne, Zsa Zsa Gabor? Yeah. Like, fucking, they're all here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe and she won an Emmy for it, a daytime Emmy she did. for this. She yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, it's one of the first links was a, a laugh-in reunion, which oh. stopped being so millennial about it because Netflix just made that uh, with Doogie <laughs> Howser hosting the whole thing. For real. What? Laugh-in? Yeah, a laugh-in reunion what? is, it's a recent Netflix special, for real. Right, like, they didn't, like... Huh. Who they asked didn't even, for this? I don't know. I don't know, but it has it has it's hosted by Neil Patrick Harris and oh, like boy. I remember this from the three episodes I saw in Nick at Night. I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. Other than shock it to me. Sock it to <laughs> me. The worst <laughs> the worst catchphrase <laughs> read of all time. Oh my god. But let's get into the music of nineteen eighty nine because there is a lot of it this week. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So much. Good music, <sighs> finally. It's yeah, yeah. A lot of great music. Um we have the self title. Uh, album from Love and Rockets, Alice in Hell by Annihilator, Megapop Phoenix by Big Audio Dynamite, Key Lime Pie by Casper Van Beethoven, uh, Up to Here by Tragically Hip, Foreigners Mick Jones' only solo album, S&M Airlines by No Effects in 1989. Jesus wow. Christ. Mm-hmm. Young MC's debut, Stone Cold Ryman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is he, wait, which, he's not Funky Call Medina. He's Bust a Move. No. Yep. That's the Bust a Move guy. That was one of the first tapes I ever had. Uh, Wake Me When It's Over by Faster Pussycat, uh, which has a video that may be the first directorial work of Michael Bay. Why do you say might be, Diana? It's hard to nail down mm. because he directed a couple videos in 89. It's not clear which one was first. Mm. But oh. it seems like this one's probably it. Wow. So. This is this is. This is Michael all over the place. This is like a delicious buffet, mm-hmm. uh, unless you yeah. like hip hop. <laughs> but uh, Soundgarden's yeah. major label debut, "Louder Than Love," in, like yeah. Soundgarden the same week as "Doctor Feelgood" by Motley Crue. Yes. Wow, wow, what a strange overlap. Yeah, well, I would say an, like a well, an overshadowing is about to occur. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, give me a year or two. And it's yep, it's gonna be the passing of the torch. Holy shit! So I it's yeah, crazy. That sorry, that even took me back. The no effects in Casper Van Beethoven the same week. Uh, but taking us out is Cold Hearted by Paul Abdul, which is number one Ooh. this week. I and thought, this video. I oh oh my god. Yes, 
You know how long it took me before I finally saw all that jazz and realized, oh my God, that's what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. It, <sighs> when I was a kid and I saw this video, I thought it was truly the sexiest thing in the world. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. this is what adult sexy dancing looks like. like. This is the sexiest thing I've ever seen. I, that's exactly what, that's yeah. exactly what a little boy thought, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm not, I don't know if I'm supposed to be watching right. this. I'm like, this it was probably not meant for me as a child. Uh-oh. Yeah. He's been watch, if you haven't seen it before, oh my god, please go watch it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's fantastic. You, you youngsters who didn't grow up with this on the background at MTV. Right. Please I, watch this video. I know you've seen MC Scat Cat, and there's there's a lot more to him. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about some other time. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does have his own album. He has watched Cold Hearted. <laughs> so good. But all these Paul Abdul videos from this period are just amazing. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I have a master's in vibology, so I should just be quiet and let us <laughs> let the song take us into break. But stay right there because when we be, when we come back, we'll be in 1999. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But this was not. This was just in a public restroom. This is the weirdest, probably the weirdest celebrity uh, run-in I've ever had. I was heading into a public restroom, and I was walking toward the, the row of toilets, and I nearly ran into a gentleman. Uh, and I was like, oh, excuse me, uh, you can go first. And he's like, oh, you, you sure you don't want to go first? Uh, that gentleman happened to be Danny Trejo. Machete? Of, uh, of, of blood in, blood out uh, fame, <laughs> Danny Trejo. <laughs> I even gave you Machete. You could have just taken that one. No, <laughs> blood in, blood out is how I always choose to remember him. He's I was one of... Was, Sam, one of Montana's boys, right? Sam and I were obsessed with quoting that movie for a long time. Blood in, blood so out, good. colon, bound by honor. I believe... I know, I know. <laughs> How many names do you want to give this movie? Yes. Um, let's give it three. Well, I, th- I think three. it has it has two different names because there's a version you can see that's like, it's like a four-hour movie. And it's then way too long. And then it's there's... Way too long. I think, uh, depending on what channel you're watching, other channels have split it into two. So I think... Bound by Honor is the the title of the full cut. Where do they do the split? Is it before or after Miklos gets shot? Is that the split for them? I think it's Sorry, uh, somewhere blood around the jail. Out, blood and Blood Out. How do you describe that movie? It's the story of a regular cholo in <laughs> central L.A., but what, like half white, half uh, Mexican guy? I think he's mixed race. Yeah, he's mixed race, and he looks white. He white has, like, blonde white. hair. Yeah. But he grows up with, uh, with all his cousins, and they're in, like, a local... Uh, Mexican street gang in Los Angeles and then it, it's the story of like his rise through the ranks up until like the full on Mexican mafia like it goes it starts in street gang and then like he gets in trouble well what happens you spend like an hour okay. in jail it's real fucked up this movie and is it, like yeah. a season of a TV show it, <laughs> I, I don't know. it does it feels more like a miniseries yeah. but then yeah so like Miklos goes to get revenge on the on the guys who like you know paralyzed his cousin kills someone goes to jail for that and that's really sort of when the movie begins and it's him rising through the ranks of like the mexican mafia it's crazy it's a crazy movie dude but it's it's we sam and i used to quote the scene where um he's uh constantly 
almost being raped by a man named Big Al. And then he figures out that he gets this awesome chart on, like, here's, a, here's all the points in a human being you can kill in one stab. Uh, and one is, like, right in his asshole. And <laughs> then, uh, yeah, he goes to pretend to blow this big bad man. And he's like, I'm going to lick you clean. And he goes, do it, bitch. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's some of the Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Coming in with Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks off of Fly, which is apparently uh, a song only I haven't heard before. I love Earl the had Dixie to Chicks. die. Uh, <laughs> Diana's stuck. Yep. Earl must die. <laughs> Earl had to die. Now, it, this was a tough call because this album also has Sin Wagon on it, which is legit like one of my favorite country songs ever. Mm-hmm. But this was a big hit, much bigger hit, so we're going with Goodbye Earl. I was watching the video having never seen it before. I'm like, is that Jenna Malone getting into a car with Dennis Franz in Jenna a wig? Jenna Malone? Yeah. No, Jane Kr- no, call- Krakowski. Yeah, that's just You're calling her by, by like half of an actual character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did I get her character name? Anyway, and then Lauren Holly appears to cradle... Her with a, a, a like a black eye covered with pus. Yeah, this is one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Where where would you have seen this video? It oh, wasn't on MTV. MTV. Yes, it was. VH1. Mm-mm. Uh, Maybe you were sure watching. It was on MTV. You were watching the network for people who took acid and now take an acid. That's right. That's. <laughs> I mean, I definitely was watching both for sure. Uh, I have never seen that before in my life. No. Well, it's a great. But I didn't know there were only three. Girl dicks. had to die. Girl had to die. I didn't know there were three Dixie chicks. I thought there were more. Feels like there should be. Maybe add another Dixie chick. That, that's what you do if you were a comic book after twenty years. Add a new character. <laughs> um, you should get like a young cousin comes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. With the Dixie cousins. Mm. <laughs> uh, welcome to nineteen ninety nine, everyone. August thirtieth through September fifth, thirty twenty ten. We got to rattle off some uh, albums that are also out this week. Um, the Avenger by Amon Am- Am- Amarth. Amon Amarth. Amon Amarth? Yeah. Uh, yep. Vitamin That'll C's be. self-titled debut. Tonight's decision by Catatonia. Pulled up the wrong window. The Green uh, the green Album of Days of the New. I got really excited like that was going to be Weezer. <laughs> uh, Risk by Megadeth. And Yesterday Went Too Far by Feeder. Oh, yeah. yeah, so it's like all metal for 99%. Yeah. Feeder. Okay. <laughs> yeah, up against trying well, except to... except for vitamin C. Trying to take down yeah. Genie in a Bottle uh, by Christina Aguilera, which is still number one this week. Oh, this is the thing I was excited to show you guys. Like a real solid 90s thing that mm-hmm. like Mm-mm. I would I'm going to guess both of you never knew about this cuz I didn't. Oh, um, me. Think of All right, just real quick. Okay. Off the top of your head, let's not draw this out. Okay. Think of a 90s fad right now and see if you're right in guessing this. Jinkos. No. Diana. Ooh, all my fads I'm thinking of are early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um brown lipstick. Thinking more of a merchandise fad, but that's okay because there's a, there's a news story about it. And oh, it's not, but it's not Pogs. Beanie Babies. Diana already got it. Oh. 
For years, nothing's been hotter than those cuddly little animals with cute little names. Almonds. I don't have almonds, right? But abruptly this week, the makers of Beanie Babies, Thai Incorporated, announced over the Internet that it's over. So is it official? It's official. Shop owner Joe Diamond had to post the news. Beanie Babies are dead. It's over. December 31st. Millennium. No more Beanie Babies. No, no more Quackers the Duck or Pinky the Flamingo. The company says every last one will be retired. That's why I'm here now. Bye. The news caused a frenzy in the Beanie world, especially among the adult collectors. Yes, I'm checking right now to see what uh, I'm missing in my collection. <laughs> so this is, I, I remember what? in St. Augustine there was a Beanie Baby store. Yeah. And it was independent. So I can't imagine what those people's like. No more. None. Okay. None. No more. I definitely collected Beanie Babies. Yes! Like our family definitely did. Ow! And I have the Princess Die one, which I still <laughs> have. <laughs> what? Yeah, I still have it in a bo- in a plastic protective box. <laughs> you mean like a car accessory? What? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? A oh, car I, I bought a different thing. Okay. Um, what? <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying to me. It came with her boyfriend. Uh, oh. <sighs> Shut up. All right. <laughs> so I'm I'm super confused though because I see little Thai cuddly toys fucking everywhere and have for the last twenty years, Whoa. but these are not technically beanie babies. Well, it's a thing I, I wish I could truly wrap my head around, but there was a time when there were some things more important than money where even george mm-hmm. lucas was like no more star wars mm-hmm. and he, he did it he, he, he took away star wars for a little while uh right. and seemingly wanted to take it away longer and and so uh, allegedly this was a real thing from ty they mm-hmm. wanted to retire the beanie babies they even brought out like 10 final beanie babies yep. and a all black bear called the end Jeez. And and uh, but like this news report is showing you, it's like, well, did you ask the people who like Beanie Babies, right. and like, did you think that maybe this would cause a massive craze that would start like res- have a resurgence and have people buying up Beanie Babies where you couldn't ignore making more again? So of course they did in mm-hmm. like like the next year, and I think they still make Beanie Babies. Yeah, I think so but, too. But but allegedly yeah. it was a legitimate thing that th- this was the end. And it just, but the audience made it undeniable. They had to bring back Beanie Babies. Uh, I believe the next, the next bear, the bear after the retirement was called the beginning. Oh. <laughs> but I think they may have retired like all those older ones, right? Which and, is what allegedly made them so valuable, right? Because right. the scarcity, right? I had one that was like I think you know at the height was mm-hmm. priced pretty high because it was a manatee and it was really. <laughs> Ugly because it just looked like a gray cylinder. Basically. It just looked like a sum sum. Yeah, but <laughs> no license. I loved it because I love manatees, and so that was one of the first ones we ever bought. Wow! But the value was decreased because the tag was bent. <laughs> oh my god! I because I had no idea, and I remember for I, it was like for two weekends. I just want. I was having a hard time in college making money. I was working in the mall like like two days a week trying to get, a, get through college. I'm going to go to garage sales and just buy what I see and see if I can sell it on eBay. And I just bought these Beanie Babies. And it was like, it was nuts. You get something for 25 cents and like, even if it was worth $5. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have 10 of these. Like this is, 
this is good college shit. Right. And uh, it's, and then I found out going to the post office is a fate worse than death. It's true. And I wish I had a Stamps.com sponsorship to rattle off right here, but I do not. Yep. Well, I went to – we would – oh, gosh. I remember you would go to, like, the Hallmark stores because mm-hmm. that's where they would usually sell them. Mm-hmm. When, and you would go and ask when they're getting their next shipment in of Beanie Babies so you could be there, like, right when it opens. Oh, you to, would do that. Okay. I did it Jeez. one time. <laughs> I did it one time, and it was like a crowd of people. It was frightening. The table got knocked over. <laughs> I need the pterodactyl. <laughs> the table got fully knocked over. It was frightening, and it was just like, "What the fuck are we doing? We have to get out of here." This is oh yeah, God. yeah. I, I, I don't know. We had temporary madness. I, I'm usually into raw boy stuff, but when I've, I've when I went to I all, never say I'm usually into raw when boy I, stuff. <laughs> when I ventured into Disney pin collecting, like that was like with the oh the big eyed like men and women like this is frightening. It is like I don't want anything to do with yeah, this. It's, it's one terrible. thing like with with like dudes like this is awesome. This guy'd be awesome. Fuck this guy. I'm like that yeah, would be awesome, but I'm like I just need this. Right. I need this. Right. <laughs> you need this too. And it, or like they get the pin collecting is crazy too mm. because there are certain pins that only like Disney cast members yep. have and mm-hmm. so they'll just like accost people who are like sweeping <laughs> up. Yep. Like rappers on the floor, and they're like, "What pins do you have?" It's, it's so rude. There's probably a name for it internally. Like, sorry, Tom, you're the mark today. Yeah, get out there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, please let me clean the toilets instead. And they're like, "Nope." Yeah, sorry, man. You got to put on this Evan Rude and get yeah. out there. Like, <laughs> rescuers fans are going to cost you. Uh, but yeah, like, but that, but that was a very real thing they announced on their rudimentary website. Yes. On September 1st, that like on December 31st there would be no more new Beanie Babies. I don't know what provoke them to do that as if ty was that busy that was like it seemed like it was still pretty damn big then so i i don't know where i i mean according as according to fortune magazine i don't have a specific date for it that beanie babies made up 10 percent of ebay sales holy shit holy shit yeah no you're right because 99 was when i saw my first beanie baby store Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah no i don't know what it was but anyway moving into movies Ugh, of 1999, Sixth Sense is still number one at the box office. That's even for 99. That's a pretty strong run mm-hmm. for a, a yeah. film from a yeah. director no one knows the name of. Uh, mm-hmm. Good on you, M. Nights. Uh, <laughs> but then when you look at the slate of movies, yeah, yeah, they're all they're all well. One of them's okay. Um, there, two of them are of irredeemable. Them. Uh, oh. One of them is um, so depressing, it makes me want to kill mm-hmm. myself. So this is, yeah, part two of why I'm terrified of Ray Winstone, the actor, who I'm sure is a lovely person. But if I ever saw him, I'd probably throw myself in front of a bus because it would be better than whatever he would do to me. Uh, the first movie is Nail by Mouth, which we already talked about, directed by Gary Oldman. And this is another movie directed by an actor, Tim Roth, directing The War Zone. Um, starring Ray Winstone, which is about a family moving to a rural area and dad is super abusive. And then the son soon discovers that, oh, fuck, he's even more abusive than he thought. Oh, fuck, he's even more abusive. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> um, there's there's a there's a lot of molesting going on. There's oh, there's no. a lot of there's there's a lot of intergenerational rape going on. Um, oh, no. It is. It's very well made. But I never want to watch it again. It's so disturbing and upsetting. Um, I'm terrified of that man. That's not quite a kid you can I know he's an actor. 
I know he's just an actor and I should be able to watch him in like Sexy Beast or something and be fine with it or fucking Indiana 4, Indiana Jones 4, but the Departed. No, I feel like uh yeah, even the even the Departed. Mm-hmm. I I'm constantly afraid that that he's going to come like beat me to death with his own hands. Does that mean does that mean the motion capture movie Beowulf really scared you? <laughs> yes. That is one of the oddest things that's ever been done. Cuz <laughs> yes. there he's even physically stronger. Yeah. yeah. Oh my mean- god, he's going to do unspeakable things and rip my face off and just- Oh God! He's gonna molest my neck stump after he ripped my Ew. whole head off. Oh, oh God! Yes, oh, I am terrified of him because of these two movies. Because he plays such an irredeemable monster so well. Where it's like you do see some of the humanity, but he does the worst things in the world. Hmm. Oh, okay. I yeah. think I'm gonna pass on that one. Yeah, I definitely recommend um, passing if you have like any sensitivity to anything ever. Okay. I don't know why uh, both Gary Oldman and Tim Roth both ended up making such scary movies. Did something happened to them on Rosenstein or Ted? Because holy shit, they both made really dark ass movies. Uh, all these movies are kind of skippable. Uh, this is the only one I have like a, a moral problem with. Michael Ironside, yeah. Gavin Oxenberg, Michael York, and Casper Van Diem, Rico Baby, and The Omega Code. On the E of the new millennium. Somebody out there say change. change! That's right! The truth about the ancient prophecies is about to be revealed. <laughs> you and I, we have a higher calling. The warnings that can't be ignored. Early tests are confirming that the ocean's molecular structure has somehow mutated. The answers the world has been waiting for. I need you to be my spokesman for this new world. My prophet. And the power that will set us free. There is a war going on between angels of light and dark. Oh, there it is. Uh, this is. Uh, wow, it took a long time to get there. It's not the fir- It really looks like a Da Vinci Code movie. It does, uh, that like, was what I was about to say. It, this is just the Da Vinci Code? No? It, it would be nope. interesting to see what the Da Vinci Code, what, what the Christian Broadcasting Network would do with the Da Vinci Code, because that's who made this movie. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yep. Our buddies at Trinity Broadcasting. And I, I, I want to say I remember seeing it, and I'm pretty sure I do, but it could have just been a thing I heard about because I went looking for it again because like the way somebody – I remember somebody telling that the way the channel is pushing this mm-hmm. is like if you, if you want to go to heaven – buy as many tickets to this movie as possible. Mm. Like a really insidious thing. And they, they, would sh- they were showing people like buying like spools of tickets to make sure this movie like did well. Is it, I don't think it's their first movie, but it's like their first like big movie. Uh-huh. It's like it's coming well, this out. Is, this- yeah. This is a decent budget movie with actual people. And it. it's called The Omega Code. And we've, I don't even know if we said this. The Omega Code. The and Omega yeah, Code. Yeah. I mean, it's tapping into that like the pre-millennial uh, you know, prophecy type movies mm-hmm. where we got what, stigmata and end of days and uh, whatever stuff. And yes. uh, yeah, but this one's obviously it's got a bit of a more of a Christian bent, but they sort of they keep it a little more under wraps. You know, there's not as much speechifying, I guess. Here's and Michael here... Ironside got a check, and that's nice. <laughs> you no, know, no love for Michael York. And <laughs> oh, no, I love you. Love York. Logan. What am I talking yeah. about? Uh, here, like, if you if you're concerned that your movie might come from shady funding, first thing you check for is it starring Casper Van Dien. 
Uh, <laughs> Does he have it, a history of this? Is it not Starship Troopers? It just tends to be the things he gravitates towards. Because hmm. he, he's not so much a famous actor as he looks like a famous actor. That is the <laughs> perfect way to describe him. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, I love he's in one of my favorite movies of all time, Top Ten. Starship mm-hmm. Troopers, and he's great in it, so I'm not shitting on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard him screaming at a Comic Con, all the Starship Trooper lines. It almost made me hard. But, <laughs> but uh, this this movie is totally not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, I think it's one of the Fairleys producing. Um, oh, with the next movie? Yeah. I thought you're just still talking about Omega Code. No, no, I don't want to talk about that at all. Yeah. Oh, that it looks like the, also there's something. Oh, they find a secret code in the Bible if you use the Hebrew, and it'll tell you when the end of days is something, something, something. And it's like, oh, shut up. Mm, pass. Um, Dude, yeah. Hebrew doesn't have vowels in it, so you can make it say pretty much anything. Yes, yes. It, it turns out. Like, well, if you if you read it in French, then this word actually means this. Like, well, yeah, because you're basically playing Scrabble. You can make it say anything. According to this elephant DNA, the prophecy has become self-fulfilling. <laughs> <laughs> Run! <laughs> um. Yeah, anyway, sorry, Christian. No, the um, next movie, uh, yes, uh, Peter Farrelly. Well, I think both the Farrelly brothers wrote it, but it's based right. on a book by Peter. Yes, uh, but it didn't direct it. Uh, but it, but it's it's the, to me it was the first time I saw Alec Baldwin do comedy. Hmm. I hadn't seen the he was. I I'm glad people out there might have no context of Alec Baldwin trying to be a leading man because it's it's hilarious and stupid. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Except and for the Tom Clancy stuff. I've never seen... Yeah. I've seen I think I've seen Hunt for Red October in its entire, yeah, it's entirety. Good. But what about The Shadow? <laughs> mm. What about what about everything else that Alec Baldwin did? Like, and, 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 But you know what he was great on? Why I loved him? SNL. Mm-hmm. And, and here yeah. he just like... He's, he's still a handsome dude and just decides to play a funny dad. Mm-hmm. And he was great. Uh, and this coming of age period piece, I think... Uh, Sean Hyde, Amy Smart, Alec Baldwin, John Abrams, uh, Jonathan Brandis, uh, ooh, RIP, Richard Jenkins, and George Went, and Outside Providence. Timothy Dunphy has a broken home, a three-legged dog. Get that mangy flea bag out of this house! And two strikes against him. <laughs> you hit a parked cop car. Oh. But he's about to get a future, whether he likes it or not. What's a prep school? It's to prepare you for not getting your neck broke by me. No smoking, no drinking, no drugs. No swearing, no sex. It's beautiful. Just what I always wanted. Yeah, I got it at the dentist. From the Farrelly Brothers, the guys who made There's Something About Mary comes something that will really make your hair stand on end. Making out is like Chinese dinner. It ain't over until you both get your cookies. So. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yikes. Uh, it, it's, That's but, pretty cute. But yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. completely cute. Yeah. It is, it is totally inoffensive and weird that they would market it from like the guys who brought you there's something about Mary. I'm like, you might not want to do that. This is a pretty yeah. sweet, straightforward movie. Yeah. Uh, and, but whatever you sell, sell your comedy any way you can. Cause I don't think a lot yeah. of people saw this. I guess the book, which was written like another, like 10 years before, mm-hmm. you know, before they were really getting any work, um, is even less of a comedy or mm-hmm. it's just a little more straightforward. And then like they comedy it up to help get it made but they yeah it's like a huge mistake to say it's from the Farrelly brothers it's like okay so it's, it's gonna be kind of gross it's gonna be gross out stuff but I, I don't know if they're just 
because they got the Farrelly's and we're post-American Pie now that they're trying to sell is like, no, it's more of like a stoner comedy or something. It's like, no, it kind of isn't, though. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's weird. Yeah, it's something I never felt. I wonder felt. how many people were disappointed. <laughs> they thought it'd be like really <laughs> gross and wacky. And they're like, oh, it's just about some kid at a school yep. dealing with life, huh? Yep, with some minor sex and suggestive drug use. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I can't tell you how depressed I was thinking this whole time we were going to talk about a Skeet Ulrich movie that I thought was <laughs> fled, um, but it is not. And I've also seen this fled? movie, Fled. Fled? Yeah, the movie where uh, Skeet Ulrich and Lawrence Fishburne, oh, no, Stephen Dorff, where they're, they're attached yeah. together. Oh. Uh, and I'm like, oh, no, this is Chill Factor. <laughs> chill Factor. Chill Factor. We're, what a cool name. I think we might have the dumbest movie at 99 right here. Based oh, on a, you know, the dumbest movie we've ever talked about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's real. We've talked about some real dumb ones. Yeah, it, 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 oh, no, it's not. It's not that freezy weapon movie Chain Reaction with Keanu Reeves and Morgan Freeman. And it's no. not Snow Dogs with Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Okay. Just check it. I mean, the man enjoys a cold climate. I know. <laughs> he, he enjoys peeing in the eye of the Academy. <laughs> yes. Um, this is how he repays us. Chill Factor. I, I watched – I rented this on purpose. I don't remember a single frame of this film. Let's see. Let's rediscover it together in the trailer, shall it's we? So, it's so dumb. The world's deadliest weapon has just been handed <laughs> off. Where is it? To a short order cook at an ice cream delivery man. Need your ice cream truck. You are not taking my truck. How far you got to go? Come now. On Labor Day weekend, action is being served on the rocks with a twist. You hijacked me with an empty gun. When this is all over, remind me to kick you. Cuba Gooding Jr., Skeet Ulrich, Chill Factor, Rated R, Start. Oh, good lord. I just don't <sighs> I'm get still it. surprised this is rated R, actually. I don't remember what makes it rated R, except maybe swearing, because it looks like it's for fucking children. Yes. <laughs> and I don't even think the director's name is real. Hugh Johnson? Come on. Come on. Come on. Yay. I, I called a lot of pizza nice. places with that name. Uh, um, what is. <laughs> Cuba, you're really disappointing me. Oh, that's right. right. You're you're a big Jerry Maguire fan. People should know them. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. movies of all time. He's really good in it. Got an Oscar for it. Fantastic in it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Why, man? (laughs) I don't know. What's up, Cuba? Let me know. I want to say it's not his fault because, like, you can only do what you're given. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's what he's being given. But, I mean, he has to... And How? After winning an Oscar, and also he's fantastic and as good as it gets. He is, but I think yeah. his. But he's not. I love. I'm introduced to that man in Boys in the Hood. Love yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. Seen it a thousand right. times. Can quote it from end to end. He's yep. not very good in it. Hmm. And he's not very good dramatically. When he's in like a comedy, mm-hmm. it's great. He's awesome. Like as good as he's awesome and as good as it gets. He is. And uh, I think he just picked the wrong way to go and sort of. Kept getting thrown weird shit his way. Uh, yep. If I had, if I had to yeah. guess, okay. they, him and Skeet Ulrich drive. Also, in also as good believe, as it gets. Yeah, it's also in as good as it gets. Briefly, uh, they have yeah. a super weapon hiding in an ice cream truck, and they have to get away from bad guys. Oh, with that it. seems really scary. Yeah. Oh no! I wonder <laughs> what's gonna happen. I bet something silly. Oh no! They gotta stop to get gas. I wonder what wagon this will ensue. Do you think they get along at first? 
Um, oh, I hope so. Oh God, I hope they get along. That would be that would make for mm-hmm. such a fun movie in the mm-hmm. beginning. There, if they just <laughs> instantly had a rapport. Um, <laughs> uh, again, there's not this man. This might be the shittiest '90s week, except for the games uh, of all time. Well, I've never heard of this. Okay, the T the one TV debut in syndication. I think it. it you Europeans, uh, people in England, may have seen it a lot more. I've never heard of Battle Dome. So you've heard me talk, you know, I'm kind of a bit of a fan of wrestling. Yes. So, but I've like heard of it. American Gladiators. Mm-hmm. We've seen that, right? Yeah. That's kind of a timeless yeah. show idea. Sure. So now, you know, you have characters in them like Turbo and Laser. So now imagine that with like the run-ins of wrestling entrance themes, like a shadowy <laughs> boss figure manipulating the events of the game. So it's like American Gladiators combined with wrestling. Oh, okay. Seriously, it's yeah. like it's fucking interesting. There's a bunch of it on YouTube. I'm like, why? Why did I never hear of this? I think I might have really liked it in 1999. There yeah. would there was never a better time for this to exist than in 1999. Right. I've never heard of it. I think they said it aired on Bravo because that's what what a different wow. world we were living wow. in. Wow. Uh, but yeah, well, it's imported, so it must be classic. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, Battle Dome, please, please come to the table in the comment section, lasertimepodcast.com, 302010.net, Lasertime Facebook community. I want to know as much about Battle Dome as you can tell me. Because uh, like, there, there was not a lot out there except that like a lot of full episodes uploaded to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't get caught in that loop. I got work to do. Because uh, <laughs> the video games of 1999, August 30th through September 5th, um, Madden 2000 is out. Yeah. That is the first game, and I'm just kidding. That's another Madden game. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, Gauntlet Legends is out on the Nintendo 64. That's kind of the long-awaited 1986 sequel to Gauntlet. I was looking; it didn't get as positive reviews as I thought it would. I don't know. If Diana remembers this, but like it was, we had a cabinet in our office, and we all played it for like ten years. Uh, I enjoyed playing it in arcades. I remember playing it on the 64. Four play. There weren't a lot of four-player in eight games, mm-hmm. and this is pretty fun. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Rogue Sphere. I didn't play any of that. Jet Moto 3? Did play that. That's a jet, That's a hover jet ski game oh. that Sony Ooh. sadly like worked to death uh, like putting it out annually and just killed that entire franchise. But I loved it for the time being. Butterfinger Jet Moto Bike Forever. They were all sponsored. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, cool. And gamers, I'm going to conjure a memory in here because this is in my... In, not even in my world, in the rest of the world, one of the most important games of all time comes out this week. The beginning of Goldfinger's Superman is shorthand for a lot of my friends whenever we bring up the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series. Uh. And it was so fucking important to me. One, I grew up, um, wasn't a skateboarder, always really bad at it, but grew up around skate culture. And so, like, this is a really good game representative of that, hmm. especially with, like, the music. These were all the bands I was listening to yeah. in 1999. Um, and I always describe Tony Hawk, and I haven't done it in a while, so don't, I'm sorry for the cliche, whatever, I created it. Uh, that, that, you know, Street Fighter, you have your combos that you do against each other. Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk, you're just doing that against the environment. Mm-hmm. Like, try and slide around on the lip of a ramp or try and mm-hmm. revert around or kick into a manual. You're doing all these combos as fast as you can to do all these tricks uh, across diverse environments. 
and they figured out all these neat ways for you to keep going. You could collect things. Um, you could hit score goals. You could hit time score goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it created like a needlessly robust sports game that penetrated the mainstream in a way that I have not seen a game like that do since. Yeah, uh, at I all. Can see that. Sports game, not at all. And and it made Tony Hawk literally a household name. Mm-hmm. In, in, is this in the, the first Tony Hawk game? This is the first Tony Hawk game. Holy cow. This is the first There's Tony Hawk game. a lot of them now. There, I think they reached 10 in, in a couple remakes and side quills. Uh, wow. and, and then, I mean, they get they got worse. as the, After 4, they got worse as they went. But, like, I was just watching a documentary on, like, um, I think Chad Muska or Bam Margera. And they're just, like... I think it was Chad Muska. Like, no, once the Tony Hawk games out, like, I was a popular skateboarder, but then the Tony Hawk games came out, and like, everybody knows who I am because mm-hmm. I'm the guy who has the better balance for grinding rails in the game. Okay. And so, unlike Madden, there's like there's eight to twelve skaters in these games. So they right. and they're amazing, and they're played by people who don't skate, and they're played by people like if you had a PlayStation, you probably had a copy of this game. Mm-hmm. I became really good at it in a dorm in college. Because it was a good, it was a great two-player game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it, it was amazing, and it made again, it made Tony Hawk a household name. Because every time we weren't we making a joke about the X Games, like I would never fucking watch the X Games mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tony Hawk, sweetest dude in the whole world. Have you checked yeah. his Twitter? Yeah, a lot of it is him <laughs> talking about encounters where people are like, "You look just like Tony Hawk, but yes. old." And he's like, "Cool." <laughs> he apparently he has a series a of people who recognize his name but not his face, right? And, like, it mm-hmm. was one of my favorite tweets. <laughs> He's at airport security. I think his name is Anthony Hawk. Uh, just a security person. Oh, Anthony Hawk. Like, Tony Hawk. I wonder what he's up to. And he just says, this. <laughs> this. I am up to this. I am up to this. <laughs> but, yeah, Tony Hawk's – every time I always see him in cool shit. Yeah. He's always doing some wow. some dumb Steve-O video. And he's he's one of the nicest celebrities I've ever met in my life. Like, a uh, really nice guy. I met him a couple of times. I have no, nothing bad to say about Tony Hawk. I think he's a great cool. dude. I'm, I'm counting 17 different Tony Hawk video yep. games over time. Yeah, oh. I mean, there's, there's, there's compilations and there's portable versions. And there's the Wii had one that was, like, downhill. So you – that was sort of like a snowboarding game with asphalt. Uh, it's hmm. it's weird. And there's, there's games with – Full skateboards that you put on your floor and yeah. you do, do tricks mm-hmm. with. There's games where the analog sticks are your feet. Uh, it 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 really petered. It started to peter out and get sad after mm-hmm. a while. But like I was up until American Wasteland, like a diehard Tony Hawk fan. Do people mm-hmm. still skateboard? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in real life. Going to assume yes. Okay. Oh God, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me, my dog lets me know every time someone comes back. <laughs> yes. Oh yes, I was in California. Steve is like that person is moving way too fast. Nope. Ca- and they are I disagree. Not in the car. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna yell at him until he stops it. <laughs> in California, it's a mode of transportation. Okay. With the hard gravel and hills out out in Florida, yeah, there's no one riding a okay. skateboard to work. But but yeah, yeah, it's still a thing. And I'm not dying to see the series come back because there's so many good ways to replay it and there was a remake that came out for modern consoles that's uh pretty was almost really okay but like i I can't i can't explain like i can't explain i think most of my friends were done with video games Mm -hmm. or at least were done with competitive two-player games and this came out and kind of changed everything got everybody re-interested in the playstation which if you think of it it's it's i don't think most people thought of it as skateboarding as the method to do that because that was sort of incidental it was just a good 
engine and a good system from Neversoft, uh, who ended up dying, making a much worse Activision property, mm. which we'll talk about oh. next week. Neversoft. Oh. That was mm-hmm. my nickname in high school. Uh-huh. hey <laughs> I wish it was mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that is it for the 1999 segment. Let's take him out with uh, Diana's favorite song, Crush Him, by Megadeth off of Risk. <laughs> oh, so sweet. <laughs> and we will be right back with 2009. Please stay for the intro song, because I just saw it in the notes. Uh, <laughs> the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of august 30th through september 5th we have a very odd double feature uh both released on the same day 50 years ago this week 1969 i don't even know which one to start with i guess i'll start with the one that's like less respectable but a lot of fun valley of the guanji was released uh, september 3rd 1969 which is really only known for one thing, the special effects. It's got those great Ray Harryhausen stop-motion special effects. And it has a one thing that every little boy has ever wanted to see. Cowboys versus Dinosaurs. The movie should just be called Cowboys versus Dinosaurs. Instead, it's called Valley of the Guanji. But it's a lot of fun where all these cowboys like discover this, you know, valley duh, that has actual dinosaurs in it. And, like, they loop rope and lasso a bunch and they try to, like... King Kong them, like, they try to take them to, like, a bullfighting pen and have, like, an attraction. And the dinosaurs, you know, do what dinosaurs do. So it's kind of like Jurassic Park, too, when I think about it. It's got really cool effects, and little kids will love it, because it's cowboys versus dinosaurs! And then, usually, here's where I transition to something really depressing and serious, but I'm gonna keep going with happy, fun shit, because that same day, September 3rd, 1969, saw the release of The Italian Job. The original one, damn it! With Michael Caine and Noel Coward. I don't know why Noel Coward, but he's freaking delightful in this movie. Uh, This is about a bunch of guys who go and have a heist in Italy, where they come up with these cool plans of all these different ways to get in and out and uh, fuck up the traffic signals and then escape in teeny tiny little Mini Coopers. The old Mini Coopers that were like even teeny tinier and topped out at like 50 miles an hour. And it is... just so much fun. It's like one of the best heist movies ever because it's all the different stages of planning. Lots of interesting characters, including Benny Hill uh, plays a guy and um, being pretty Benny Hillish. And it's it's just put together really, really well. So if you haven't seen it, it's just a ton of fun. So those are my recommendations this week. Italian Job and Valley of the Guanji, both 50 years old. That's I, I don't know about watching them together, but they're both a ton of fun. So that's it for this week. Stay classic. Floor to the ceiling. I see miracles all around me. Stop and look around. It's all astounding. Water, fire, air and dirt. Fucking magnets. How do they work? And I don't want to talk to a scientist. Y'all motherfuckers lying and getting me pissed. Solar eclipse and vicious weather. 15,000 juggalos together. And I love my mom for giving me this time. On this- 
Coming in. It's the sensitive side of Insane Clown Posse. It should just be called High Thoughts with Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. Like, yeah. But they're so positive. They talk about like seeing their children born and how that's a miracle too. Yeah, oh, but it, you know, it took them and like 19 rainbows. albums to write that song. Like the rest of it ended up murdering Santa Claus and shit like that. Like <laughs> fuck, I see rainbows and shooting stars <laughs> while they're wearing football jerseys and clown makeup. They want you to appreciate nature. What's your problem, Chris? ICP itself is a mystery. I yeah, find, I it, find. It, it's one of those things like bronies. Like, is this a big joke being played on me yes. to like get me to play along? Like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This Woo-woo. isn't stupid at all. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I totally get what's cool and funny about this. But this, I don't know. Like, did, did we talk about like something like Rebecca Black already? I can't remember. Mm. But like something. This Maybe. this this is a sincere song mm-hmm. that was met with a thud sincerely, but with a boom and a bang and like a resounding holy shit from the rest of the internet, like mm-hmm. that it became yeah. a meme that people still quote to this day. Yes, holy shit! It mm-hmm. only has a like two million views. Miracles! It has an it SNL is. parody called "Incredible Things." <laughs> <laughs> I need to see that. But an utterly, utterly ridiculous music. It, it just—it looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like it looks Tim and Eric-y, mm-hmm. uh, yes. at, at this point. Yes. Um, please do but yourself a favor. It is my movie recommend of the, of the week, and it's I like agree. three minutes long. Watch yeah. the Insane Clown Posse Miracles video. Oh, all the dogs agree. I don't know if you heard that. Off all the dogs in the neighborhood started barking. They're like, "Yes, we're also a miracle." Along with long I mean, neck giraffes. Exactly. He did reference your pet dogs and cats. Yeah. And long, They're and long neck giraffes. They are miracles. My little dog is definitely a miracle. Mm. <laughs> you know, that that is that's that album is out this week from ICP. Yep. Yep. Bang pow boom. Uh we also have new releases from The Black Crows, their final album. Yeah. Thank God. But <laughs> the nightmare is over. I I, I don't know. I've all it doesn't make any sense. Right. But I really hate the Black Crows. Okay. Always have. Aww. Sometimes it's okay to just hate something and yeah. you don't know why. No, I I understand like you could put a comment in, I might read it and like I, I won't go listen to it, yeah. but like I just fucking hate this like throwback to 70s inauthentic rock i just don't like it what is it black hole sun no that's soundgarden that's the soundgarden best. okay sorry i will always get them confused <laughs> they're the hey little mama let me light your oh like, that's yeah, black hole? Yeah. hard to handle cover yeah, yeah. the fucking uh the, the sinkhole kegger soundtrack like gotcha. that <laughs> that i don't like yeah no that's uh, the black i liked him at the time uh before the so. frost uh until the freeze is that their album yes mm-hmm so hinting, I would say hinting at a super heroic comeback someday. Uh, sci-fi Crimes by Chevelle. Uh, the Man I Want to Be by Chris Young. Artwork by The Used. Here Comes Science by They Might Be Giants. One of my favorite bands ever on an album I have never heard of. Because they I'm guessing make albums for kids now. I know. I, I, saw them, I saw them live a few years ago. And it's I know they knew a free show at noon on a Sunday would be packed with children. Mm-hmm. And they decided mm-hmm. to play... All their dirty stuff. Nice. <laughs> like I know they, I know they had to know. They, they to. wanted the hot dog song. They didn't get the hot dog <laughs> song. Uh, Pitbull, starring in Re- Revolution by guess who? Mm-hmm. Pitbull. <sighs> I got a feeling by the Black Eyed Peas is still number one. No. Uh, you thought it was gone. Ugh. It's never leaving. Yeah. Mm. Never. And uh, a little bit of news to bring you into 2009. Um, I don't remember this, so you can see, you'll definitely be able to see what I was paying attention to in 2009 when I didn't have a worry in the world and a competent president. 
Uh, Japan's opposition party, the Democrats. What? The Democrats mm-hmm. went over to Japan and overthrew them? No. They just have different parties. Party names in other countries can be very confusing. Like very. The, I believe it's the Labour Party in Australia is actually the far right party. Or right. not far right, but conservative party. It's confusing. Huh. But uh, in Japan, the opposition party is the Democrats, and they defeated the ruling Liberal Democrats, a different party. <laughs> but the Liberal Democrats had been in, part, in charge for 50 years. Wow. That's nuts. Uh, but you know, know how Japan's resi- it really loves to change. Knows how to roll with the punches. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. And mm-hmm. I can't, they're I cool with it. can't actually believe it was ten years ago. So we talked about Iron Man's kickstarting the MCU a long time ago. Yeah. I don't think I think we tend to gel that into one. But Disney did not own Marvel at that point. That's a mm-hmm. Paramount movie, hmm. and mm-hmm. I think they had to license the Paramount logo for uh, I think one of the Avengers initially because they just. What are we going to put a Disney logo in front of the Marvel movie? No, no one will accept yeah. that. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, the Walt Disney Company acquired Marvel Entertainment ten years ago. Wow! This week, wow. can you guess for how much? So, like, how much did you see that Endgame had made? Oh, like, oh, Endgame's made like pushing two billion. Yeah, <laughs> I think did it pass two billion? I don't know, but I'm, but I'm yeah, sure it will it's... over time. And we're not oh, counting merchant merchandise, fucking beach towels, and. <laughs> soundtracks and blu-ray sales right. and that's one movie you're saying could approach two billion they bought marvel for four billion dollars wow so, right spider-man made a billion captain marvel made a billion there you go <laughs> we made it almost seems <laughs> like man can i go back 10 years ago show the bank a plan like give me the four billion and give mm-hmm. me marvel i should be able to make all this happen i hire kevin feige yeah. and then i'm Yes, I'm the king of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember we had 20 years before that mm-hmm. where they, they made an offer like just for Spider-Man. It yep. was like 100 grand or something. Yes. It yeah. was it was like literally like, I g- give me a week. I think it and was, I bet I could find people to give me that money. It was yeah. something like six million for everything. Uh, yeah. For wow. Sony. Yeah. Like because Marvel was well, the comics are always struggling, but the characters are awesome. And I definitely know if I had to give a bank a presentation why to, why you would fund Spider-Man and the Avengers mm-hmm. and the X-Men, mm-hmm. I could do that and get that fucking money. And I just want to go back in time and have someone believe in me. So the same way they believe in <laughs> Kevin Feige. Uh, God damn it, I love these Marvel movies. I wish I could stop. I do. I am very mm-hmm. mad right now about Spider-Man. <laughs> so I'm like, waiting for them to make one that's actually bad. They've made yeah. some that are forgettable, but yeah. they're, if you watch them, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Even their worst ones are, they're fine. Yeah. The, the, that's the, the, that's the, the worst thing to say about them is, they're fine. Yeah, Thor 2, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Still, it's still, you watch it, it's, it's just, it's fine. It's fine. It's still better. <laughs> They've done 21 movies now. None of them are actually bad. Mm-hmm. Like, bad. Oh, boy. But there is a, there's an there's un- a really bad one coming up. Unconscionably bad movie in here. It's not Carriers, but maybe it is. I haven't seen it. Um, no, I haven't seen this either. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it just sort of got lost in the shuffle of like zombie type movies because mm-hmm. it's an it's an outbreak type movie, but it's also sort of a zombie movie about a family um, and they're like just being really ruthless about staying away from the infected. And then like, oh no, the little girl is sick, and like, well, dumping her by the side of the road. No, you can't do that. And it's it didn't really get a release, and it sounds like yes, yeah, sounds all right. Hmm. I mean, it's got Chris Pine in it. And it's Piper yeah, it's a minor Wet Hot Chris American Maloney, Summer reunion here. Guy who fondles yeah. the sweaters and a guy who sings higher and higher. Mm. Uh, and so now, to, to me, like <laughs> I hope we don't spend the whole segment talking about this because this movie uh, is astounding to see. Yeah. 
Thomas Hayden Church, Bradley Cooper, and Sandra Bullock in All About Steve. I'm going to go meet Steve at his next job. Yeah, yes, it's a storm. She's hitting the road. Stop, please! Moon pies! Want to go have Steve? And the deeper they get... You can't stay here. But you said... I'm a guy. We say things we don't mean. Well, then, how do I know you mean what you're saying now when you said you didn't mean what you said? <laughs> the harder she's trying to win him over. Or marry the blind date my parents set me up on. You guys belong together. It's so great. This trailer makes you think it's another kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Which it is. It is this kind of bad. But it's also like an immoral kind of bad. <laughs> like yeah. I, I, this makes me feel disgusting kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, I, D- Diana, do you know any more about this? Cause all I, all I know is like, what is Sandra Bullock playing here? Cause at some point you're like, mm. she is mentally deficient in some mm. way. And everyone in the movie is being mean as fuck to her. Mm. Mean mm. as fuck. And while everyone, by the way, has like sugar Ray hair. Like they're, they're, that is it's, true. Everybody that is has frosted tips and looks ridiculous. Uh, it, it, like it's so like there's, there's almost nothing redeemable about this movie except that it stars two people who are kind of national treasures in my opinion. <laughs> they're uh, kind of both awesome. Well, let's not be mean to Thomas Hayden Church. I love him too. Sure. Um, yeah. Now, here's the nicest thing I have to say about this movie is that Sandra Bullock comes out with this movie all about Steve. And uh, we're very close to her coming out with a different movie called The Blind Side. Mm-hmm. This year, she wins an Oscar, and she wins the Razzie for All About Steve. And she goes to the Razzies, which always gets you points. Wow. Mm-hmm. And she brought a little red wagon full of DVDs of this movie because she said, I don't think you all watched this movie. It's better than you think, and you should all watch it. And handed out copies. Wow. That is all so fucking charming and adorable. Yeah. But she's wrong. This movie sucks. It's, it, it, it doesn't <laughs> this just. Movie sucks. So she plays someone who goes on a date with Bradley Cooper. I see. I, no. I, I did not watch this. I don't think they ever do. They go on. They start no, out going. They, they, no, they go on a date and she they're set up on a blind date. Okay. And she takes that as like she's now in love with him. And she starts stalking him terrifyingly in a way mm. that we're supposed to think is like super kooky and cute. But really, yeah, it's if, like, she, if she didn't have a good wardrobe person like this is a. This is not cool. Mm-hmm. Like, none of this is cool. <laughs> none yeah. of what she's you know doing what? is cool, and none of the treatment towards her is cool. Mm. And, oh, my it, God. You know what? I just realized what this reminds me of mm. is uh, – and this ties into another movie we're going to talk about later with a different star. Uh, it makes me think of Charlize Theron on Arrested Development. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Where everyone yeah. thinks she's adorable and quirky, but actually it's because she's intellectually impaired. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. F. Mr. Yeah, yes. they're taking it as quirk when it's actually it's more of a symptom. <laughs> so, yeah. so like I think it like the before the first act is over, you feel terrible for Sandra Bullock, but she is the butt mm-hmm. of every joke in the movie. And this isn't like a Jerry Blank kind of thing. She's not mm. totally bringing, but there's just I don't know. Like I've seen this twice now, and I'm, it's it's baffling. Oof. I feel like it's missing Very two twenty minute scenes that explain everything. Mm-hmm. Because it, other yeah. than that, it's like really unsettling and leaves a horrible taste in my mouth. Mm. But it, and that's why I call it one of the. It's one of the. I know there are great bad movies out there, but this movie will make you feel bad, like <laughs> like in in a way that like most movies that try to make you feel bad can't can't do. Big fan from last week, right? Wants to show you someone who's psycho and maybe this is antisocial and doesn't understand how their behavior affects other people. But like it, there's something. 
real there and there's mm-hmm. not something real here. It's just mean. It's fucking mean. The whole movie is one of the meanest things I've ever seen. How, <laughs> how, who wrote it? Like, how, what's the story there? <laughs> how did it get to this? I don't know. I'm very, I'm. I'd like to know more about that. I don't know. Yeah, it, it does feel like a movie that's like, yeah, a couple more drafts on that screenplay. I don't know why you filmed this version. Yeah, like yeah. You could, I guess you could make a movie like I'm. I'm never a big fan of the like stalkerish romantic comedies, but I feel like there's there's like two or three different movies that you could do based on no, this idea. You, you never watch Romy and Michelle and wonder like. I hope there's someone taking care of them. Mm -hmm. But you do with Sandra Bullock (laughs) in this movie. Like, Hmm. she's not ditzy. She's not stupid. She's like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with her? And why won't anybody help her? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, 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 you know, it does lean into genuinely disturbing, uh, I think, at a certain point. Which is like, well, if they wanted to make truly a very dark comedy, they could have done that mm-hmm. by yeah, writing the, it differently, giving it a different tone, and it's or like PG. leaning harder into it. And it's it's PG, yeah. and it's like it it ends up being this weird, brightly lit, dark, unfunny comedy. Yeah, it's very light and fluffy. Everything is shown to be delightful and cute. Mm. It's written and by like, Kim Baker, ah. who's wrote the Robin Williams movie *License to Wed*. I know we're all familiar mm. and uh, nothing else, <laughs> but it's yeah. uh, directed by Phil Trail, who did um, the movie Dangle and Flipped. <laughs> that is, that's what? two different movies. Oh, okay. Um, two oh, different... I was going to say, is that the, that's a sequel to Hustle and Flow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God damn it. I think we just created a new sex position. Be sure to credit 302010 <laughs> to your friend or lover. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> friend or lover. Yes. Um, or both. Yes. Okay. Can we can we talk about a good comedy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because we have we got three movies up next. We got a good comedy, a disappointing comedy, and another really bad movie. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the good comedy, which is in the loop, which is the thick of it movie from the British show where Peter Capaldi tells everyone to fuck the fucking hell off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And then kind of landed him the role of Doctor Who. Uh, it it did, and I feel bad because um, I haven't seen In the Loop, but every review is fantastic, and it was nominated for a screenplay Oscar. Yeah, I mm. have finally started watching uh, The Thick of It because that's on uh, Amazon Prime right now, so I can finally watch all of that. Even though I'm sure it's got a bunch of like dated British politics jokes. That that. that was my but problem with it. If you like Veep, yeah, you should have seen this movie by now. And yeah. I feel guilty that I haven't. We were talking about this last night because Antis and I were both saying that we have started this movie and did – it's like one of those movies where I, I've started it. I started watching it. I can see that it's funny. Mm-hmm. I am enjoying it. And yet I do not have the mental energy to continue <laughs> it because – a, not only do I need to have the subtitles on to understand what everyone's saying, they all have very <laughs> thick accents and they talk super fast. It's yes. like Gilmore Girls, basically. But also, I don't understand almost any of the it's references. It's like when I, when I got the first so Office need, like, DVD, a there's a glossary in it yeah. that tells you what they're saying. Right. And I didn't know how helpful that was. Like Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels in the Office had a little dictionary <laughs> mm-hmm. in the DVD so you know what mm-hmm. they're saying. Because this is like, I just don't know what that line meant. Right. I don't, 
I, and I'm not going to I'm not going to keep rewinding well, this. So I gave up. It, I mean, mm-hmm. in comparison to Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. which is an extremely fast talking show that has a ton of references in it. If you buy the physical mm-hmm. DVDs, they have glossaries in there that explain every reference. This is this band. Wow. This is, yeah. you know, this old TV show that they talk about, which is so cool. Um, I wish no, I, more th- the other night, I think I was I was I was hammered and just put on one of my favorite Joss Whedon things. I'm like, I'm like so drunk. I missed my favorite line. Cause it just happens that mm-hmm. fast. So I'm not mm-hmm. shitting on it in the loop. Like it's just like, it's really fast paced. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. uh, and it's smarter than me. Yes. And it was, it was difficult <laughs> to keep up with. Cause like I, we, we worked with mostly Brits and they were like, like over the moon with this shit, mm-hmm. like tossing us bootleg mm-hmm. DVDs. Like you gotta see this. Mm-hmm. And it, yep. and it did go up in informing V. Because yeah, it's Armando Iannucci. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who... Yep, it's Armando Iannucci. It's got uh, Anna Chomsky in it mm-hmm. from My Girl and then Veep. Oh, I know. Yeah, and I mean, it's got the regulars from The Thick of It, uh, you know, Peter Capaldi, Chris Addison. Uh, James Gandolfini. And and they bring, but they go to America, so they got to bring in James Gandolfini as uh, a warmongering general or something, mm-hmm. um, which is like, yeah, it's an interesting contrast of all this, like, super snipey fast, but, 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 and, hey. Let's blow people up. <laughs> just that's just from clips because I feel bad. I have not watched it. That is, this is my homework for the week is to catch up on shit like this because I right. feel like a dick. Well, let me play, play but, a bit of the trailer because it's been a while since I put I popped okay. this on. Is war unforeseeable, Minister? To walk the road of peace, sometimes we need to be ready to climb the mountain of conflict. Climb the mountain of conflict. It's not about Nazi Julie Andrews. PM wants you to go to Washington. Talk to as few people as possible. That'd be best for you. I'm in a motorcade. I feel like we should have hookers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You want girls? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Who's Simon Forster? He said war was unforeseeable, and I think he could be very useful on the war committee. You're going to use him as a little meat puppet. You might be a scary little poodle. Oh, I like James Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Mm. I miss him. This is so much. Me too. Me too. Me too. You yep. know. You know what else I miss? Mike Judge making movies. I do too. And hmm. I ended up watching this one, and I found myself disappointed by mm-hmm. it. Well, I, I think it was. It's it's his thesis that doesn't work. He mm. he. I remember in an interview he said like uh, I made Office Space, which was like this rallying cry for like I don't know abused overlooked mm-hmm. workers around the nation and he's like but then like mm-hmm. after i wrote the movie like i ran king of the hill and fucking all these other shows and like i just wanted to give a shout out to it's tough being a boss too and there is comedy there and like yeah but you just limited your yeah. audience to people mm-hmm. who are bosses and right. like and asking them to sympathize with the boss there are funny situations in it you just don't feel as bad because like the situation begins with everything going great for jason bateman mm-hmm. in a way that isn't going great for his workers and so like office space there's an everyman quality. There isn't that in extract. But I like that he made an answer to it. He felt the need to. Mm-hmm. And it is it is funny. It is worth watching. Yeah. It, I saw it in the theater when it came out. Mm-hmm. I've never felt the need to revisit it. Yeah. Um, and I remember be, feeling like this was good, but it, man, did it fall short. I felt like mm. it, it just could have been better, you know? I don't know. I can't put my yeah. finger on why or what exactly feels lacking in it, but there's something there that's lacking yeah well i think part of it is i mean there's a couple different plots going on mm-hmm. um and the, yeah jason bateman is uh running a company that makes like extracts like vanilla extract and whatever 
Um, plot number one is that his employee, Clif Clifton Collins Jr., gets injured on the job and is worried about getting sued. Plot number two is the con artist Mila Kunis is trying to seduce him and or Clifton Collins Jr. to steal all their money. And then plot three is that Kristen Wiig, his wife, won't have sex with him, so he hires uh, a gigolo so that she cheats on him and then he'll feel better about cheating on her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Delightful. The idea that Ben Affleck comes up with. Yeah, Ben plays... Affleck as Satan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really like, like him. I thought, yeah. I remember I really thinking he like did a really this, good yeah. job in this role. A drug-pushing idiot yeah he's a bartender just, every idea is the worst possible mm -hmm. idea mm -hmm. and jason bateman listens to him every time well let's hear a little bit of the trailer kristen wig mila kunis ben affleck listen clifton collins jr and jason bateman and extract sexual frustration is really hard if i don't get home before age he puts on the sweatpants and once the sweatpants are on i get nothing hi Con. Joel, let me introduce you to the new temps. This is Cindy. Hey. Hi. And, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Damn. She work here? Yes, the temp. She's a tramp? <laughs> temp. <laughs> Indeed. And it's, it's difficult to explain because it even markets itself like, if you loved Office Space, another workplace comedy right. from Mike Judge, and like, damn. Damn. Yeah. That I do though that that whole thing about the sweatpants really made an impression on me, and I because I am definitely the person who once I'm settled at my house, comfy pants are coming on, and I've I've thought about that like you know what maybe I should make more of an effort when I'm lounging around the house. Yes, yes, you should. Okay, calm down. Uh, yes, and uh, and I should get myself a pair of comfy pants just in case my cat comes up wanting something. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as I live a lonely life, uh, married uh, to a cat, and uh, yeah. she is your wife. Well, mm -hmm. Yeah, putting it—I hadn't thought about it as like this is the boss's office space, or it's like mm, no, because too much of it's about his personal life. But I feel like just just the thing about him trying to get his wife to cheat on him, mm -hmm. like that kind of should have just been its own movie, mm -hmm. and that mm. would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah, and because right that ends up going in fun places because the guy he hires to seduce his wife is a super idiot. Yeah, and would it fit right into <laughs> Horrible Bosses three? That could totally work. Yeah, and and then man, but there's still no bigger disappointment than the next <sighs> movie. I, I can't express how. It's, it's, and again, this is oh, not no. like extract. It's not terrible. It's just not the <laughs> godsend. Everything else, you <laughs> Diane is like, eh, no, not so no. fast, not so fast. <laughs> Uh, Milo, Vince McMeal, uh, John Leguizamo, Lou, Chris, uh, Kira Sedgwick, Allison Lohman, uh, Amber Valeda, uh, and Michael C. Hall, Dexter, baby, and Gerard Butler in the movie Gamer. Welcome to Slayers, the ultimate online multiplayer <laughs> video game. Yes! Where you, the gamer, I'm playing you. have complete control over a real-life human being. Ready to begin? It's gonna get me killed. On September 4th. This is not something you can control. You lose. He dies. Your wife and your daughter need you to. Turn me loose. Gerard Butler, Michael C. Hall, and Ludacris. 
I truly can't remember if I've actually seen this or if I just listened to the How Did This Get Made about it. I've watched it. I've, I've, I've watched. I've never been able to get all the way through it, but I've watched oh. multiple parts of it multiple times. I've yeah. seen the whole well, thing. If you didn't make it to the end, you missed the best part, which is the dance number that right. happens. Right. Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. It's just that, like, uh, I I would have thought, what is it, the combo of Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor, mm. they were going to be the second mm. coming for shit that I like. Yeah. They made Crank. And if you listen to the show, uh-huh. you know how much we love Crank. I still think Crank is a modern classic. It's fucking beautiful. Yep. It's just yep, a, both it's, of them. Crank high voltage too. Yeah, the, the second one's even on board for also it. great. The second one's just as crazy. It, it's it's just the way it's shot, the way it's done, like uh, so on like a ground level, prosumer mm-hmm. cameras, directors running around in roller skates, getting the, these impossible, ridiculous <laughs> shots, these impossible, ridiculous things happening, and I just I, I want to blame the studio for interfering with them because like clearly with Crank, I think they said they had six million dollars in Jason Statham. Do whatever you'd like. And mm. we got crank out of this. This looks like it has a much bigger budget. Mm-hmm. A story right. of is the game really called Slave? Ugh. Slayers. Slayers. My bad. Slayers. I heard I heard Slave in the trailer. I just it's been a while, but like I don't know that these guys are. I feel like this came from a script that was hard sci-fi mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that had something to say, and I don't think these guys are the best people to deal with. Any sci-fi that has something to say. Because Crank has good. nothing to say. Yeah. It's, right. It just balls out. Like, you will not believe what we do next. Mm-hmm. That's what Crank is about. And that's when we saw, like, they're going to do something game-themed. This should be amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, no, they don't have anything to say. Uh, they, they're contained in this environment, meaning they can't really go anywhere or do anything that visually interesting. And they have Gerard Butler, who just sucks. He's <laughs> just not good. You know, and just I, uh, I, it just I feel like he has naked pictures of somebody. We get it. Three hundred was successful. Ooh. Everything you've done after that he can be thrown away. Another movie coming <laughs> out soon. I know he's he shouldn't be a movie star. Is what I'm saying, and I should. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that last part out loud. Mm. Um, <laughs> it, but yeah, like none of this. Uh, I thought these guys were going to be the big new thing, mm-hmm. and they yeah. immediately took big studio money and made this in like the Ghost Rider sequel and. Both I, very disappointing. Right. Like, both, both We're very not sad. not as balls out as I was hoping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is so this, strange. Uh, I mean, they just explained what the concept was in the, the freaking ad, which is like, oh, it's, I mean, it's kind of like the running man, sort of. It's like, you know, you get stuck in this, like, basically it's a video game, but, like, people can control you, like, you know, avatars, but you're a person, but they're controlling you and making you do things and you and, go to jail oh, so you no. have to be a fortnite player you have mm. to be someone's fortnite avatar oh no mm. and i evil michael c hall is behind everything and you know butler's just trying to get out and we're gonna throw in some jokes about how like that hot chick is really a fat dude oh mm-hmm. yeah uh, like there could be it's like i feel like they think they're doing something satirical in here a little bit but it's like all so obvious and mm-hmm. done already and now that I think about it, maybe they should just be music video directors and stay there. You know, like, I think that sounds like the perfect place for them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's where they belong. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, there's something about like shooting a woman's silicone tit and 
Crank 2. <laughs> like, it's just, that was the perfect time to do that. That mm-hmm. is just art I'm looking at. That, no, nah, maybe that's, you just execute cool moments and, yeah. like, maybe with a movie yeah. that doesn't require cool moments and needs a story and things to care about and latch on to, maybe you're not the right choice. I don't know. I've never gone back this this much on a... It's terrible. It, it's not good. It's, it's fucking boring. It, like, the people who made the most exciting, cheap movie I've ever seen made the most boring studio movie I'd ever seen. It's, uh, yeah. Fuck Gamer. God yeah. damn it. Listen to the How Did This Get Made episode. It's, it'll cover it even better than yeah. bothering to watch the movie. Yes, but you can only listen to another podcast if you listen to three of ours. So remember that. That's the rule. Right. That's the rule. Yeah. That's the rule. I know they're long, so I apologize <laughs> in advance. And that about wraps up the movies. Of We have some weird edutainment news. Yeah. Um, in terms of television, August 30th through September 5th. Is this going to be the intro? Yes. Mm. Oh. There's no DMX in this? Brings me back. No. <laughs> no, but DMX in this. in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. Man, I'm so. Rainbow. I've been doing this so long, I remember talking about this happening in a podcast. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This Reading Rainbow was huge for me. I don't think that'll be a surprise to anyone. It was like the show that I watched growing mm-hmm. up basically every day almost whenever it was on. And yeah, on the 30th, PBS finally pulls Reading Rainbow from the PBS Kids schedule. And yeah. it was it's been in reruns since 2006. And now yeah. they're just finally pulling the plug on it. Like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Just let, yeah. it, let it run for another couple of years. Uh, hosted by LeVar Burton. Um, and I, National treasure. Yeah. It, well, I, I remember at the time, I'm like, I understood what the rationale was behind it. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't agree with it now. And it was like, well, but the one that we should listen to is one that PBS is constantly in danger of. Is that they're cutting all of our budgets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show's been on the air like 30 fucking years. Like, it's an expensive show. And our job is to be public television. What we're trying to do is teach kids to read. And Reading Rainbow is a show about why you should love reading. Mm-hmm. And so the decision that was made is this isn't educational enough for what we're being paid to do. And we're also getting all of our budgets cut. Um, hmm. So I, I don't want to defend executives is, in any way. That That's so that, short-sighted, though, because right. the only way to get kids excited about learning how to read yes. is to show them how cool it is to read. Yeah, to how much fun it is. Read. Just that intro alone is. is like is like a yeah. great – it's like it's something – a mural you'd see in a library about right. the joys of reading you'd find, especially at that age. So I'm, I'm not yeah. – I can relate to what they're talking about. It just scares me because like this is – we're all, nothing politicians, especially the conservatives, love doing more than cutting things that benefit children. Right. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> right. Because uh, they don't vote. Right. They, they don't <laughs> vote. They're a waste right. of money. They're not my kids. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. And that's what public TV was always about. And yes, fostering a love, showing people a love of reading. Like, I think that's how most YouTubers are popular. You have kids your stepson's age watching games that were made 30 years ago, but they're mm-hmm. in here because a guy is being enthusiastic about right. his love for this shit. Exactly. And, like, and, and that's what LeVar Burton brought every single day, and occasionally the Star Trek cast. Yes. <laughs> teaching kids that about having a love for reading is more important than actually teaching them how to read because well, one will important. naturally flow into the other. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you can teach a kid how to read, and mm-hmm. they'll, but that doesn't mean that they're going to grow up to be a reader. Yeah, I think reading but, rainbow, you could say, teaches a kid to want to learn how to read if they don't already. Yeah. And, and also, conversely, fuck off. Television can't teach you how to read. 
That's impossible. And you wouldn't air that if it could. You know how you learn how to read? <laughs> By reading. And a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, oh, God, I used to fantasize about being one of those kids that read aloud on Reading Rainbow, mm-hmm. like read their favorite <laughs> book. Oh, oh, I do to my cat like every dream night. Dream come true. She's going to get real mad at me if I don't pick up on the fucking Da Vinci Code. Man. She's, she's, she's <laughs> she really into that book know. right now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> She's waiting so she can watch the movie after you finish reading it. Keep falling asleep. Yeah, she can't even see it. I don't know what she's doing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a bummer. But I know there was a Kickstarter campaign afterwards. Mm-hmm. And since mm-hmm. I didn't kickstart it, I don't know what Reading Rainbow is doing. Mm. Does it have a YouTube presence? Is there? I know there were mugs involved. Yeah, I don't know. Because my friend got one. Um, but no, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't think it's gone, but I don't think... Right. It felt like we were living in a better world when we were publicly funding something mm-hmm. like Reading Rainbow. Mm-hmm. We were a better society <laughs> for having done it. Well, right now I know mm. LeVar Burton has a podcast where he reads short stories. Mm. Huh. And it's pretty good. This it's next one is from Chuck Palahniuk. And- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has. I guts. have heard some rough things, definitely. <laughs> on his, He's not just kids' stories. Really? Yeah. Oh. Right. It's actually not I mean, children's. that's like... Like you were talking about with, when we were doing that laser time with Mallory O'Mara of the yeah. what's her podcast called? Uh, Reading glasses. Yeah, like she's uh, there does need to be an adult show, like telling you how to love books and in good ways to read again. Because yes. like in an infinite tab world, I have a lot of trouble that sitting is, down and focusing mm-hmm. on a story for a long time. Right. Because Because uh, I'm usually doing it on a device that's constantly beeping at me and showing me other shit. I see. I have kind of an opposite problem. I can sit and read a novel for mm-hmm. hours, but sometimes I find myself having a really hard time getting through a magazine article. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I feel I like I don't have the. I don't know why it's it's flipped that way for me. But yeah, this summer mm-hmm. I've just been reading like a mad woman, uh, tons of fiction, and I'm really glad because it's been a very rough summer for me in a lot of ways, and fiction has been the best escape for me. Mm. So you know. Reading Rainbow and my parents were both instrumental in really instilling a huge love of reading in me. And I just want that for everybody because it's Aww. really quite a lifesaver. Yeah. Because you look out on the internet and it seems like the only books, two books anybody has ever read is Prisoner of Azkaban and Atlas Shrug. And I just yeah. <laughs> got to expand your <laughs> Oh my God. I was getting a pedicure the other day and this girl sitting next to me was reading and it was like this super thick book. And I was like, oh, hey, what are you reading? And she turned it over and showed it to me, and it was Atlas Shrugged. I was like, oh, I was like, enjoy that. She's Swat like, to the ground. She's like, yeah, I've just, I've heard of it, but I've never read it. I felt like it's probably around about time for me to do that. And I was like, okay, best of luck mm, to you, my yeah. my friend. As, mm. It's about the visionary future of rail travel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I read Atlas Shrugged shit. and The Fountainhead one right after another when I was – I think a sophomore in college, and I did love them at the time. I and remember. I turned in yes, <laughs> and I turned into yeah. a real asshole for about three months afterwards. Oh. It was a dark power time. of books. Yeah, and then you read another one, and like, then oh. I read another. I read mm. almost any other book, and I was like, "What the fuck was I thinking?" <laughs> I ran as <laughs> not the person I thought she was. Mm. Yeah. R.I.P. Reading Rainbow, even though I'm pretty sure you live on High Plains Invaders. Yeah. Is that a movie that comes out? Yes. It's a Western oh, involving Western. Uh, <laughs> giant insects that are invading. Do tell. Starring James Marsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is that? I always feel like that name is misspelled. 
That's mm. not the guy, Cy- Cyclops. No. Okay. No. Who's that guy? Marston? James Marston, Okay. Yes. Well, I don't know who James Marston is. I don't either. he's fighting <laughs> insects in the old Wild West. Do you want to find out together? Uh, yes. Mm. Six guns versus six legs. We have to go. They're coming. Next Sunday. No one gets left behind. Cowboys battle bugs. <laughs> Lots of them. A sci-fi original movie, High Plains Invaders, premieres next Sunday. No further insight on in who James Marshall is. I don't. I, I don't even know who he no. is from that. He's from Buffy. Promo. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Hey, moving on. That I, sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. So this is sure, the kind of thing not. that'll send me down. Oh like, yes, he's um. Spike. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. Put it together. Good job. Good job, everyone. <laughs> Put it together. Uh, and I, I found it bizarre. Uh, a show debuting this week on Cartoon Network, Hot Wheels Battle Force 5. I'm like, this is the first Hot Wheels show? Of course no, I was. it's the fifth one. It, <laughs> stop. Put a, put a 10 on that circus. I got I got real information here because okay, this sorry. sent me down a rabbit hole. Like, no, no. So, so I can't. I, no, I can't really do anything because like, there was like a show in the 60s that like there's no information about it. Mm-hmm. But like. Yeah, they really. I just find that bizarre that one toy that has existed throughout time, but hasn't. While there are, there's a big popular Disney thing about anthropomorphizing cars. Like Hot Wheels never did it, mm-hmm. and like, oh, okay, fucking, of course they did. And I thought this is just me caring about animation. Uh, Veggie Tales is canceled. Wow! <laughs> which is, no. Well, there is no God. Veggie Tales on TV is how it's written with an exclamation point. Oh. Is canceled. Veggie Tales. Oh. Is a show that has just been straight to video for yeah. all, from na- from like the early '90s until right now. Mm. It's been three theatrical movies, and for a little while on the Ion Network, they had, for four years they had a show, mm-hmm. and I think it was mostly repackaged video content. So like this, it's Probably. never stopped. But like the show, legit show, got canceled. As did the Bill Engvall show. I mean, the Vegetales mm-hmm. is pretty cute. I have to say. Okay. It's I, but they tell me about sharing and Jesus. Yes. <laughs> every now and then I wake up with the power the, produce. <laughs> every now and then I wake up with the pirates who don't do anything song stuck in my head. It's one of my favorite titles of all time. Here we are the <laughs> pirates who don't do anything. Yeah. All we do is sit around. I, I and don't if you know ask us to do anything, <laughs> we'll just tell you we are the pirates who don't do anything. anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, I, I think. Clear and concise. I think what I we were we did this whole Laser Time trilogy on like live action movies based on cartoons, and then like it's actually rarer for like animated movies to come out based on cartoons. And here's the top rated one. And VeggieTales ratings wise is in the top ten, like mm. around South Park and Beavis and Butthead Do America in terms mm. of like oh. its Metacritic rating. Sure, um, it, I just thought that was crazy. Um, it's like the ultra Christian cousin at the family yeah, reunion. It's very weird. Where like, like the two other cousons are like It performed to... critically very well and stand, holds up to the test of time. Who knew? And then in, 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 the, uh, in the white privilege section, we have the Bill Engvall show is canceled. Mm. So, <laughs> so yes, an untalented man doesn't have a show anymore. Here's your yeah. sign. Um, <laughs> and that's that's about it. Wait, no, the games. Uh, the games of two thousand nine, August thirtieth through September fifth. Uh, Sony launches a one hundred and twenty gigabyte PS three Slim, and I feel it for for a significantly reduced price. And I feel like people really start gravitating towards the PS three launched at six hundred dollars. Mm. Um, of of two thousand seven money, two thousand six money. So uh, a cheaper version with a, a smaller hard drive. No, it was a bigger hard drive actually. 
made a lot of sense to people and they had finally gotten ahead of the hardware. So I think the PS3 really takes off from the Slim. And you might have hung out with me at PAX in uh, Seattle this year, right around this time. I'm probably some pictures are going to pop up on my Facebook. Uh, out this week, Section 8, a game I loved in a preview and never heard of again, um, but just <laughs> where you drop from the sky. instead of And you get housing vouchers? No, it is a sci-fi game yeah. where you are... You respawned via dropship. So instead of like just respawning on the ground, you like mm-hmm. burned into the atmosphere at a thousand miles an hour and just <laughs> could sort of aim where you went and you could kill people with your landing. Hmm. I think multiple games have done it since, but I, Section 8 was the first one I saw. This. Soul Calibur Destiny is out on PSP. And like I said, oh, I didn't want to elongate this, but Guitar Hero 5. And this is notable for a wonderful controversy that I didn't know Activision. Either we're still policing or people don't care about. Mm-hmm. So this is the first Guitar Hero game to offer multiple likenesses of musicians as mm. rewards in game. And I think Diana has come alive knowing uh-huh. exactly what we're about to mention. And because yep. people typically hadn't had problems with that kind of stuff before. But then um, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't find a video on it because like, the rumor is Activision is still scrubbing this shit. One of the unlockable characters was Kurt Cobain. And... <laughs> Just if you were into Nirvana in 1994, like me, and his, you read his suicide notes and know how he didn't want to be commercialized, maybe him singing Gorillaz Feel Good is like too like weirdly <laughs> ironic to be officially in a game, and it pissed Courtney Love and his daughter off. Mm-hmm. Like This is not what they said they were going to do with it. He, but yeah, Kurt Cobain can sing every single song in Guitar Hero, including the DLC. And I don't know if it's real, but wow. there's one video of him doing YMCA. And he's like in his full grunge outfit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe that's what he'd be doing right now anyway if he was still alive. Probably. So with us, it seems likely he would be covering something mm-hmm. in a solo mm-hmm. group. But it's also maybe what he was trying to prevent. Uh, and But to this day, like Activision takes those videos down off YouTube. Like you, you search for Kurt Cobain singing Guitar Hero 5. It's always Nirvana song, even though you have access to hundreds of songs with Kurt Cobain. Uh, I'm trying to remember what was there was one that drove everyone crazy. It was something hair metal or Bon Jovi or something yes. where people were like, "This is no, this is against everything he stood for." And and like, I, know, I know it's not yeah. that big a deal, but like Nirvana literally helped kill a certain kind of music people were sick of and were the antidote to that. So like to have them sing Kiss and Motley Crue mm-hmm. is weird. Mm. Um, but we're all aware that they're not actually singing these songs, like. <laughs> It's just an avatar. Like, who cares? I know, but that's the thing. They, they, they've done it with like Jimi Hendrix before. Yeah. But like, he didn't die worried about being commercial. He didn't murder himself worried about being commercialized in this way. So mm-hmm. whether, mm-hmm. who knows what he would have grown up to be, but who he was, wouldn't have liked this. Mm-hmm. And and it's easy for me to say that as a teenage Nirvana fan. He and- probably would not have liked to even be in the video game to begin with. Yes. But... What yeah. I'm sure Courtney she pitched sold a fit, some pitched right- a fit. But of course, of course, she didn't look at her fucking contract. Yeah, it was it was totally her fault. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, even even Francis Bean had something to say, mm. a negative say about it, and that's pretty shitty. But that is about it for the show. Hey, we want to resurrect our comment show. Try checking out patreon.com slash laser time where we can celebrate you guys an exclusive show every single month uh, where we recap what you guys think of all this stuff. Because, again, it's just as important as what we think. Sometimes we're even looking to, like, dude, help us out here. Like, none of us know this. None of us know what Wizards of Waverly Place was. So help us out here. (laughs) Is it worth rewatching? Does it hold up? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Let us know. Patreon.com slash laser time is where you can support that show. Price of a cup of coffee. You can help your laser time out. You can help uh, 302010 out, Vigium Apocalypse, and get a free show every single week. Me and Sarah have been on a roll re- lately, and it's been really fun. Recommending new movies and books, as well as telling embarrassing personal stories as the most embarrassing thing I have said in public in mm. 2019. I Ooh. deeply regret it. <laughs> it was a doozy, y'all. It was a doozy. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. But you admitted it popped in your head immediately, too. Yeah. You just knew not to say it. But I knew not to say it out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, uh, but with that, Diana, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at listenernerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or uh, follow the show at 302010podcast, again, on Twitter, uh, teasing what's coming up, because... <sighs> Yeah, we got a little bit of breathing room where there's little oddball things here and there. And then as we hit the fall, it's, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. It's oh going to pick boy. up again. Television of we got some good ones. Mm. Oh, my God. I, I did cheat and I looked ahead. There is one week in 99 where we have four all-time classic shows debut <gasps> just in 99. Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm so excited. It's, it's going to be happens. so fucking loud. Like, we're going to blow past all the movies. They're just like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that won an Oscar. I don't fucking care. We need to talk <laughs> about Freaks and Geeks. So oh, that's right. Yes. That's only wait. one of them. That's right. Uh, that's I, the level I'm talking here. I know in the sin, having looked into the lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, Diana, who who be dead and who be alive? Ah, well, for births and deaths this week, uh, I only found one death, but it is fascinating. 1999, Rod Ansell, who's kind of the real Crocodile Dundee, died in a drug-fueled police shootout. He was 44. (laughs) Yikes. You can hear, like, the Wikipedia page doesn't do it justice. You need to hear, there's an episode of The Dollop on it. First, his whole ordeal in the outback. He got stuck out in the outback with some dogs, and the crocs were after him, and he's, like, hiding in trees and stuff. And then after that, and then Crocodile D comes out, and he is treated like crap by Paul Hogan, who's constantly suing him. And then the drugs start, and then the craziness. And he, yeah, yeah. It's a hell of a story. If I uh, may paraphrase the Norm MacDonald joke, 44? Seems like a ripe old age for a crocodile Dundee. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you said that about Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> anyway, uh, but with with the deaths, uh, we got to bring it back with a birth's birthday quiz. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Oh, boy, we got a good birthday this week. Oh, I'm very happy about this. I swear to God, if something happens to him between our recording this and this coming out, I am going to have a conniption to end all conniptions because I love this person. Born September 5th, 1929, oh, celebrating goodness. his 90th birthday. Bob Newhart. No. Whoa. It is Bob Newhart. <laughs> no! No! How the fuck no. did you do that? Gallery oh, oh, into my notes again. That was a wild stab. Shenanigans! Wow. That Bullshit. was a wild stab. Whoa. Uh. Oh my god. Can I read my whole shtick though? Yeah. Yes. I found some fascinating things about him. Uh, born in Oak Park, Illinois. The only boy with three sisters, one of whom became a nun. Uh, he got his degree in business, was drafted in the Korean War, serving personnel so he didn't see combat. Uh, he was doing boring office jobs when his friend said, uh, who worked at a radio station said he was funny and should record some of his bits. And a resulting album won him the Best New Artist Grammy, beating Miriam McCaba and opera star Leontine Price. Uh, I've never heard of a comedian winning Best New Artist, the Grammys, though. That's, That's so like, weird. Adele gets it. Like, what do you... you yeah. <laughs> uh, he guest-hosted The Tonight Show 87 times. He has appeared on four television shows as star, 
after 52 years on television, after getting the Mark Twain Prize for Humor, after getting a statue of one of his characters in Chicago, <laughs> then he finally won an Emmy on The Big Bang Theory. Right. Wow. Mm. 52 years in television until he finally won an Emmy. For The Big Bang And after Theory. 87 years alive, he got to see the Cubs fly the W and win the World Series. And if you were not following him during that World Series, like on Twitter, it was the best thing ever. Bob Newhart knows how he to use Twitter. Twitter? Yeah, or someone was posting for him. But <laughs> yeah, as, as the Cubs were getting into the World Series, everyone was like, it's not possible. And he's like, I can't believe I've lived this long. I'm so happy. I can't believe this oh. is happening. I wish Don was here to see it. Oh. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's my bad Bob Newhart. It had to be That's... tragic. Oh, that no, was terrible. It was all doddering. He's not doddering. He's very, you know, calm and controlled. He was always little, kind of doddering. I'm to think a little of upset about things. The Just last thing I've seen him upset. on. I think he cameoed in something. Yeah, I cannot. He is very funny machine. on Big Bang Theory. I've seen a couple episodes where he popped up because mm -hmm. I love everything Bob Newhart. And mm -hmm. he's, his, his thing where he does like an Obi-Wan Kenobi thing was so funny. Oh, yeah, I think awesome. he did some yeah. bits for on Kimmel, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's maybe something oh, I saw yeah. him do. If yeah. you haven't gone back and seen any Newhart or the Bob Newhart show or his stand-up stuff, last night I literally, it came up, so I played Michael his King Kong bit, and it's so fucking good. Is that a, a button-down mind of Bob Newhart? It's on that one or Bob Newhart Strikes Back? I listened to that as or a teenager. I'm like, this is great. Button-down mm -hmm. mind Strikes Back. This is great. Yeah. It's such a cute bit of like, yeah, what if you were like the Night Watchmen and king kong shows up <laughs> you're not trained for that what do you say it's all pretty good oh. still works yeah so works. uh knock on wood for bob newhart turning 90 gotta tell you again this show is executive produced by jason mccoffin and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time price of burger and fries can keep your favorite podcast network in business for another week and hopefully bring you more stuff thank you guys so much for listening we are going to close out with oh goodness diana kurt cobain singing <laughs> dr feel good by montmaker <laughs> Uh, <laughs> knew she'd do this. We will be back next week. If you want a week. picture, that's up to you. I, I won't. I won't get in your way. Uh, we will be back next week with something far less sacrilegious. Mm -hmm. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>